So we're going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. You're there? If you're not there, then, uh, I mean, it's the first book of the Bible, but just we'll pray for you. Verse 11, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw, God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both of them and the earth. God was fed up. The earth was uh, basically, no. I mean, th th this is our evil, evil times. Uh, I'm going to tell you in a little bit, this was, I mean, really bad. Just give you a little bit of context. There was uh, fallen angels, demons that were not now procreating with human beings, and they had started a demonic race. I mean, this is crazy stuff was happening at this time. And God says, this is over. Uh, humanity prefers darkness instead of light. Uh, they, what they've done is completely evil. So I'm putting an end to all this. So verse 14, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening of one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wife with you. You are to bring into the ark two of every living creature, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, two of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You're to take every kind of food that's to be eaten and store away as food for you and food for them. I love verse 22. That's what we'll pause. It says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. How good is that verse right there? I think, I mean, here we got God giving him so many instructions. And God now presents him with this plan that's, whoa, it's, this is crazy. It's pretty intense. And at the end, I love that, what it says in verse 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That's good right there. And out of those few verses, I want to share with you a message. And uh, if you're taking down notes, I want you to write this down at the top. I've titled this, A Push past the rain push past the rain and we're going to talk over the next 20 25 minutes a little bit about this story and i pray that you can lean in and i hope you can uh, learn something today i've learned something from the life of noah and i think if we all lean in we can see jesus a little bit better and, and we can learn something from the storms in our life if this is your first or second time here we're just glad you're in the house we're glad that you made it to calvary on a sunday morning and i pray you feel comfortable and at home and maybe you're like alex i don't even believe in god or have a relationship with god but i think you're at the right place at the right time and uh, uh you you'll just see we're just a community who loves Jesus we don't have it all together but we follow the one who does his name is Jesus and uh, we love Jesus we're crazy about Jesus because he's crazy about us and uh, I'm telling you we are not perfect we are far from perfect uh, but God's got us and he's working in us and uh, we're all a work in progress and I think today if you lean in you're gonna see God loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life amen, amen. you guys ready to get this started yeah. come on can you shout amen one time Let's go. Let's have some church. Let's close our eyes by our head and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, that you are here right now. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Thank you for your word that it is awesome, God, that it is, God, unshakable, unmovable, God. Thank you for the examples of men of God that have gone before us that you've given us, God. I pray that we can lean into these men of God and learn from them, God for what we are going through in our life. 
I pray that you would give us strength this morning. I pray that you would lift up our head. I pray that you would heal so many of us that need your help this morning. I pray that you would uh, encourage others who've been running the race for a while, God. And I pray that those that don't know you may see you better today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for our city, Miami, Florida, the best city on the planet, God. You have blessed Miami with grace and favor. And we pray that this year the Miami Dolphins will win the Super Bowl in the new stadium. And all God's people say... Come on, all guys, people say, anybody believing for a good Dolphin season, why not? Come on. It's about time. It's about time. I love it. Hey, um, anybody here talking about the Dolphins, anybody here hate losing? Anybody here? Anybody here hate losing? Some people don't. I think we got some people that hate, hate losing. And I've met several people like that in my life. Or you know somebody that hates losing? Anybody in here, you know somebody? Maybe you're not raising your hand because it's you and you don't want nobody to judge you, but... We're going to judge you anyways. Just no. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe, maybe you just hate losing. You hate losing or you know people that hate losing. I have three little nephews, three nephews, and all three of them are competitive. Anybody know competitive people? Like they cannot lose in something. We were just at a youth camp and we have this one youth leader. His name is Jonathan Carcamo. Now, he is Jonathan Carcamo, but when it comes to games, he is, something possesses him. I don't know what it is. Pray for him. His whole family, we are laying hands on him and praying for him. He cannot lose. I mean, you, we have pictures of him during games, and we thought he was about to body slam some of the youth, and we had to lock him away in a chamber. Like, this man cannot lose. He's bad. Anybody know competitive people? You know what I'm talking about? My wife is competitive. Like, she, she will fight to the end. She can't lose an argument, if you know what I'm saying. Like, she is competitive. <laughs> She's competitive. I'm just kidding. She's the best. I love you. Love you, babe. I'm never wrong. You're wrong. And uh, competitive people. You can't. I have three little nephews. Three little nephews. These nephews, they cannot lose for anything. And I'm not a video game type of person, but you go over and this is what they love. They're playing video games. I, was, I said, I'll play it. I'll, I'll check it out with you. And so I grabbed the controller. I started playing with him. All of a sudden, I saw it was pretty easy. And uh, not only was I playing this thing, now I started dominating him. And... Uh, Pretty soon, a tear started coming down his eye. And this is my little nephew, nine years old. And, and he's like, I want to win. I want to win. And of course, as a good uncle, you don't let him win. Because, um, <laughs> right, right? You got to teach him. In life, it's not all about winning. <laughs> and, uh, Tio, let me win. No, you will not win. I'm going to play my best. And if you lose, I'm sorry. This is life. Suck it up. Sometimes you're going to lose, buddy. And God bless you. I hope you learned something. And uh, he was so angry. He was so angry. He's like, let me win. I'm talking about angry. Like his mom had to step into the picture. And she said, but why don't you just let him win? I'm like, because I'm not going to lose either. And... Uh, <laughs> Just angry, angry. And he threw down the control and he actually got grounded. And then I felt a little bit bad afterwards. And I said, no, you know what? That's life. And um, <laughs> I can't, he can't lose. He's like, I can't lose. I got to win every game. A couple days ago, a couple days ago, we had a staff uh, barbecue, staff lunch. Everybody works at the church. We had a great time. We have an incredible team here at church. Love the people we work with. Uh, but things got a little bit competitive because we decided to play a couple games. And we said, let's separate into two teams. The yellow team, which was the best winning, awesome, powerful team. And, uh, and uh, then we had an orange team. Who likes orange? That's an ugly color. Anyways. And uh, one game we decided to play. This is for team building. <laughs> no building was done. Uh, one game was two people sit in a chair. And uh, you got to run from one side with a sponge. Run to the person that's sitting on a chair and fill their bottle with water. 
And whoever fills the bottle faster, that team won. You got to work with your team. You got to pass the sponge at the right time. You got to make sure not a lot of water is dripping from the sponge. Make sure the buckets don't move. And we had two people sitting on the chair with buckets on their head. And we were trying to fill it up. Who filled it the fastest? And uh, my team was winning, obviously. And the uh, <laughs> yellow team was dominating. And... Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the guy that was sitting on the chair with the orange team looked over, saw we were completely dominated. This thing was just, there was no match. Like, we could have ended it at the first minute. We were winning. And he got up, went over to our team, knocked the bucket off his head, went back and sat down. <laughs> this is a, what you call a sore loser. And uh, I'll pray for Luis Collazo. Anyways, but <laughs> orange... You can't, you cannot lose. You cannot, you cannot lose, you know? And I started thinking about this. I started thinking about life and I started thinking about how many of us, so many times we decide to quit and we decide to go out because we say, I'd rather quit than lose. And what happens is in life, it feels like you are going through some moments where you're like, this is too tough. This is too hard. I can't keep going through. The pain is hard. The storms aren't going through. It is too tough. So I'd rather quit right now but you cannot quit when God has something on the way for you you can't quit in the middle of the process and I think what we have is too many people quitting saying I'm tired of this I'm gonna give up I don't want to go through this storms are difficult what I'm going through you can't imagine you should see my family have you met my husband have you met my wife she's a troublemaker he's got a hard head life is difficult they don't change my finances the circumstances they don't seem to be getting better and so what we decide to do is we decide to quit I'd rather quit I'm not going back to church. Uh, God, I've tried things with God, but God doesn't seem to come through for me. He, he hasn't heard my prayers. He hasn't answered my prayers. He didn't come through for me on time. He hasn't changed her. He hasn't changed him. How about the one who has to change is you and not them? But anyways, that's a different thing. But he hasn't done this, so I'm going to quit. I'd rather go out. I'm not going to join a connect group. I'm not going to join a team. I'm not going to be a connect group leader because do you know the people that lead that? They call them coaches. Those coaches got attitudes. I'm not going back to church my life is horrible nobody visit me in the hospital I'm giving up he don't care peace goodbye what has God done for me what has he done he's never answered my prayer anybody know those people you know what I'm talking about? like it's just complain complain since when is the gospel what can God do for you the gospel is look at everything God already did for you it is done and finished God has completed it all and so we're going through life circumstances and storms and what we want is God to continue to move on our clock, but it is not our will, it is his will. And this is the thing about storms. Storms are going to come into all of our lives. Storms are going to hit us. All of a sudden, we're going to go through some circumstances. All of a sudden, we're going to go through some situations. What do you, what do, you do? What do you do when it doesn't happen like you want? Well, what happens when life isn't turning out the way you thought and all of a sudden, wait, the hospital stay is no longer just a week. Now it's looking, it's looking more like a month. And now all of a sudden the finances aren't getting better. It's been a year, but uh, now it looks like it might be another year because the promotion ain't coming, the raise ain't coming, and I'm actually, I might get laid off. Well, what do we do? You know, about the thing is about storms is that we can't choose what storm we go through. You can't choose what storm you're going to go through. You can't choose and pick the size of them either. Uh, or it may, may be a headache or it may be a, a sickness that may end up in the hospital. You can't choose your storm, but you know, you can't choose the attitude in your storm. What attitude are you going to have in the middle of your storm? What attitude are you going to have in the middle of your situation? Your attitude will determine your altitude. 
Your attitude will change the way you look at everything. It will change your perspective. What attitude are you going to have when you're facing life? Sir, are you going to quit? Are you going to give up? Are you going to say, ah, this is too hard. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm not going back to church. This is too difficult. What I'm going through, I don't understand. And your attitude is one of a pessimist. And no, this is over. This is done. Or will you stand and have some tenacity, have some courage, have some perseverance and say, I know my God. I know he's with me. I know he's on my side. I know he's never left me nor forsaken me. I'm going to stand and believe the word of God. Oh, come on. At 11 a.m., I wish we had some people that said, you know what? It may, it's not on my clock. It's on his clock. God is good. God is with me. He promised to be with me every single day of my life. I'm going to hold on to his promises. I'm going to hold on to his truth. God is good. Come on. Anybody in here at 11 a.m., can somebody give God a big shout of praise? Say, I'm going to stand and believe his word. I think we got too many Christians that are just like, they always cry. I don't know. Like, they're always full of rejection. And that person treated me bad. And life is difficult. It's like, wait, we serve a good God. Yeah, life is difficult. But we have a good God. And he's for me. He's with me. His grace and his favor and his hand is upon me. Shake it off and stand up and say, I'm going to continue to serve God. We need some Christians with some tenacity inside. Say, I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stand and believe. I'm going to persevere. We need some Christians with some perseverance. I'm not going to throw in the towel, no matter how difficult it may get. I don't care if you don't like the way I'm singing in worship. I don't care if the usher don't like me. I don't care if the parking lot people don't like me. I don't care if I'm still sick. I will worship my God. I will serve my God. He is true. He is faithful. He's never left. Oh, come on, church. I wish there was somebody that said, I will trust my God. I'm going to hold on to my God. I'm not going to throw in the towel. No, but you don't know my wife. You wouldn't be shouting like that if you knew my wife. Maybe it's you and not your wife. God, I'm done. I'm through with this. Maybe it's your marriage you want to give up in. Maybe it's a financial circumstance you're in. Maybe it's your family. But if you hold on a little longer, what is God trying to do in that process? What is he trying to work out in your life? Here's Noah, the life of Noah. We've heard about the flood and we've, we've heard the story since we were, I think a lot of us, not even being in church, we've heard about the flood. Worldwide famous story, Noah. He had a little zoo on a boat and brought all these animals on a ship. And there's Noah's the one that brought them two by two. And we've seen the pictures. And what we don't talk about often is that Noah was really a man of God. Beginning of chapter six, that says that he was blameless and that he walked with God. Blameless and he walked with God. What does that mean? It means that he pleased God. He lived to please God. He said, God, I just want to do life the way you want me to live. Anything you want for my life, this is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to carry myself. I just want to honor you and please you. This is how Noah lived his life. And he was in the middle of a wicked and perverse generation. I'm talking about days were evil. Critics, they don't like this story because they say this shows a bad God who flooded the earth. The thing is, we don't bring this judgment. God doesn't just give this to us. We ask for it ourselves. It's about people say, well, how can a good God send people to hell? He doesn't send us to hell. We send ourselves to hell. We reject his goodness. Here, men were so wicked, they had wanted nothing to do with God. They wanted nothing to do with goodness. In fact, humanity was so evil and so bad, they decided to start sleeping with demonic walking angels that were walking around and started a human race that was full of demons. I mean, this is just complex. If we go into it, it is crazy. It is, it is just what, what humanity can do when it gets perverse and wicked.
And it looks by the times of signs of today, this is what humanity wants today as well. We, we want evil over good. What is good we call evil, what is evil we call good. Noah was living in the middle of this, and he decided not to be contaminated by it. He said, you know what, I'm going to continue to please and honor God. God said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to start brand new. I'm going to start all over again, but I'm picking you and your family. You guys are blameless. You've walked with me. You've honored me. This means that no matter what your surrounding may be, you can still please God. You can still honor God. You may be in a home that it may be difficult, but you can still stand up and say, I'm going to serve God with my life. I don't care what you choose to do with yours. I'm going to honor God and live for God. This is what I'm to do I think what we need more in this world today is people to stand up and say I'm gonna make a difference in society I'm gonna lift up my voice I don't care what people may be saying I'm gonna be the voice call me crazy call me whatever I'm gonna be the person that stands up for the word of God oh no but you know you can't you can't offend people everybody's getting offended today it's like is anybody not getting offended that's surprising you didn't get offended that's amazing God bless you wow Everybody gets offended for whatever you do. And it's like, I'm sorry if you get offended, but I'm going to stand up for my God and his word and what he says, and I'm just going to say the truth. <laughs> Noah said, I'm not going to get contaminated. I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing. Noah decided to be different. He says, okay, I got a plan for you. This is what I'm, I'm going to give you 120 years to build this boat. Wait, wait, 120 years? 120 years, and then I'm going to flood the earth. Why 120 years? Could have been a lot of reasons. Scholars say different reasons. One of the reasons is that God is slow to anger. And he's given us so much time to come back and say, God, I'm sorry. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter 145, I don't know if we have it, if we could put it up. Psalm chapter 145, that God, uh, I'll exalt you, my king. Oh, I don't think that's it. But anyways, God is slow to anger and he is compassionate. He is compassionate with us. It says that he does not get angry because he's given us time to repent. How long has God been waiting on some of us? He's been waiting on us. Second Peter also says he's not slow regarding to his promises in the way that we think of slowness. He's actually being patient with us. He says, I'm going to give you 120 years to somehow get this thing right. If in 120 years you don't got this right, I'm going to flood the earth. He says, no, I'll start building this thing. This thing is going to be longer than a football field, higher than a five-story building. Start building this thing. No, it's like, I just got a couple of sons. That's all I got. He's like, yeah, that's why it's going to take you 120 years. <laughs> 120 years. And Noah started building this ark, this ship, this boat, massive. It's just huge. There was no Home Depot. There was no Lowe's. It's like, what do I do? Start cutting down some trees and start doing what you can. Here Noah starts building something on the outside that I, that I think represented really who he is on the inside. Write this down, point number one. You are, who you are on the inside will determine how you live your life on the outside. Who you are on the inside will determine how you live your life on the, outs on the outside. I, I think so many times what is true is that the external really shows what's on the internal. How you live your life on the outside shows what's on the inside of you. He started building this ark because he trusted the word of God. He was a man of faith. He was a man who trusted this God. Even though society was wicked, even though society was perverse, even though nobody wanted what was good, he said, I'm going to stand for my God. I'm going to stand for what is true. I'm going to have faith in this God who said that a flood is coming. Now, wait a minute. A flood. They hadn't even seen rain. Like, they hadn't even seen rain at this time. It had never rained, yet alone, let alone flood. And he says, a flood is coming. Imagine what people started telling Noah. 
No, no, I think you're, you're a little bit off. I mean, no, have you been walking in the forest? You got poison ivy on you and you started smoking it at the same time. I don't know, like something's wrong with Noah. He's saying it's going to rain. Nobody knows where rain is and then it's going to flood. And it don't matter because sometimes people will criticize you for what you believe. You will have people in your family that will stand out and say, you're crazy going to church. You're crazy, you're a Christian. What are you doing at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning in church? We're headed to the pool. We're headed to the beach. You say, okay, I'll meet up with you a little bit later, but I got to go to the house of God. I got to get my worship on. I got to thank God for what he's done in my life. People will criticize what God has told you to do. What do you mean you don't sleep with your girlfriend? What do you mean you don't sleep with your boyfriend? Everybody's doing it. Wait, I'm different. God has chosen me to be consecrated and separated. What do you mean you don't get drunk? What do you mean you don't cheat on your taxes? What do you mean you don't cheat on your husband? What do you mean I'm different? I am separated. Let people criticize, but you got to stand with what God has told you on the inside. Oh, come on. Does anybody got God on the inside that says, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think about me. He's chosen me. His hand is upon my life. I'm going to continue to live my life the way God has called me. People criticize. Who knows what they said about Noah? Noah, 120 years. No, not even one. Imagine five years in and all he had was like the bottom deck. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you got splinters everywhere. I mean, going crazy. No, what are you doing? Five years. What is rain, Noah? No, no. Are you serious? But he had some faith on the inside that what God had told him was going to come to pass. Six, seven, eight, ten years could pass. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years pass and he's still building the boat. Some of us, God doesn't come through for us in five days and we're thrown in the towel. Oh God, God, even my husband, I mean it's been, it's been a year, two years, ten years. God, I'm done. I'm done. What about if God is trying to do something with the faith inside of you? Wants us to be strong on the inside. There was something about Noah. He, was, he, he had some faith that wouldn't be shaken. 120 years building a boat. What's on the inside of you? That it does not matter what's on the exterior. It's not going to shake you. It's not going to move you. You're saying, I may go through the worst of storms, but I'm going to stand. I may be in the worst of circumstances. My marriage may be on the rock. I mean, this thing may be about to, this is over. But something on the inside says continue to stand. Continue to believe. What I love about Noah is he just didn't, 120 years. He just didn't begin to build for, a, for, a, for just a little while. He, he went for a long time building. He, he put some action to his faith. I, I wonder if there's any action to the faith that we say we have. A lot of people, well, they don't want to know what you believe. They want to see it when you're going through something. The greatest message we're ever going to preach is not with our lips, but with our life. What, what are you going to do when life hits you? What are you going to do when, when, when your daughter and your son leave the house in circumstances you don't agree with? What are you going to do when your husband says it's over? What are you going to do when the business is not succeeding and it's failing and financial? I mean, it's just hitting the floor. You're, you're done. You're over. It's out. What are you going to do? How do you live this life? How do you go through storms and still give God the glory? It's because you got to be built up on the inside. Paul said in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, he says, I pray that you may build, be built on the inner man. I pray that your inner man may be strong, he says. I pray that in the inside you may trust and know your God. Know a new God. He walked with God. And all of a sudden he had some obedience in his life. Faith has to be attached to obedience. He did everything that God commanded him is what the Bible says. How many times has God came into our life and told us to do something and there's no action to our faith? 
There's nothing. God said, hey, you should cut off this person in your life. That relationship isn't healthy and you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. And what, what are we doing? Is there any action? Hey, I told you to change this and I told you to done that. And we don't listen to God. Here, Noah, listen to everything. Oh, but God, what do you mean let go of this relationship? God, what do you mean let go of this job? God, what do you mean to trust you? God, what do you mean to join a connect team? God, what do you mean to join the lead team? God, I don't understand. Well, why don't you just obey the voice of God? Faith without works is dead. There has to be some action in our faith. Oh, Alex, I believe, man, Alex, I believe God's called me and I believe God has called me to, to you know, preach and, and I believe he's called me to be a man of God and he's going to give me a wife and he's going to give me some kids and I'm going to buy a house. Man, I see this vision for my life. Awesome. What are you doing about it? I don't got a job right now, man, but um, I wake up around three, four o'clock every day in the afternoon and there's no action to your faith. Well, Alex, God gave me a word when I was young that I was going to be a worship leader and that I was going to sing. And, and, and he gave me this word through a prophet. I mean, I believe it. I, I, I remember. Well, when was the last time you went and auditioned for the team? Every time God comes with the word, there has to be an action step on our behalf. What are we doing with what God is telling us? All Noah had was a word from God. All he had was a word from God. Do you have a word in you? You need a word in you that no matter what may be happening around you, you're going to rely on that word. Let the word of God in you be bigger than the waves around you. Here Noah finally gets in the boat. And here the, the begins to, it begins to rain, it begins to flood. And this isn't just a little storm, as many of you know. This is 40 days and 40 nights raining. Imagine Noah. Noah's been building this, this thing for 120 years. He's finally inside the boat and... All of a sudden, 40 days and 40 nights go by and the earth is covered in water. That's what the Bible says. Covered in water. It says that after the rain stopped, he had to wait. And he sends out a dove and he waits for the raven to come back. Actually, a raven first. The raven doesn't come back. Then he sends out a dove. The dove comes back with nothing. He says, okay, wait. How many days have gone by? If you look, it's actually six, eight months that have gone by in a ship waiting after the storm. How many times have we been in waiting periods in our life and we're just frustrated at God. We say, God, where are you? You haven't, you haven't answered my prayer. Here Noah's already been 120 years with about eight months, and he's still waiting on God. And still he has this obedience, this, this faith inside of him. In fact, if you add up all the time, it says that he stayed in the ship a year and almost two weeks, just waiting after the storm to even get off the boat. How many times have you been wanting to get off the boat? complaining and saying, God, I can't take this anymore. It's over. I can't take this, God. I don't understand when you're going to get me out of this situation. I'm so fed up. What about if God is actually trying to do something in you inside the boat? What about if he's trying to build something inside of you? What about if he's trying to get you to be stronger on the inside while you're going through that storm? Write this down, point number two, and with this we finish. You can't quit the process because it's part of your progress. So many times I think what we want to do is saying, I don't want to go through the hard stuff. Just get me to the end. Give me the finished product. I don't want to go through life's challenges. I don't want to go through the, through the mess ups and I don't want to go through these walls. I mean, I'd just rather get the end. It's like somebody saying, Alex, I just want a six pack, an eight pack. Can you just lay hands on me? I just want it to happen right now. And all we're eating is McChickens and fries and Coke every night. Praise God for my chickens. Anyways, 
No, you got to actually clean and you got to do some crunches and some planks. Everybody hates planks, but you got to do them. You want the abs, you're going to have to do some work. You want some progress in your life, you're going to have to go through some process. If you want some growth, if you want some maturity in your walk and in your faith, some storms are going to come and create that in you. But you want to get out of the storm. You want to get out of the boat. And God is like, if you just wait a minute, I have a plan and a purpose through this. I will use this for your good to make sure you progress forward, to make sure you mature. You got to push past the rain. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I pray that you push past it. Because it's doing something in you. Look at the book of James. And with this, we'll wrap it up. My time is up. Look at the book of James, chapter 1. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, it's like, what do you mean? How can I consider it joy? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to the end and show up with a whole lot of things missing. In the process, God is doing something in me. In the process, God is building me up. In the process, God is maturing me. In the process, there is wisdom. In the process, there's going to be pain, but there's also a lot of lessons learned. In the process, there's a whole lot of faith to pick up. I don't know what you're going through, but I pray that you keep pushing past the rain, that you hold on in the middle of your storm, because it's going to produce something inside of you, that you will stand and you say, God, I will not be shaken. I'm not going to call it quits. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to hold on. You're producing something inside of my soul. Oh, church, come on. If you believe it this morning, lift up your hands and let's sing it out. Come on. Come on, church. Christ alone. Let's sing it with all we've got. Come on. Oh, come on. Anybody glad we got the cornerstone? James says it's going to produce perseverance inside of you. Literally perseverance in the Greek. What he's saying is that you are going to be tested and proven. All that means that when God looks at you, he says that, that, that right there, that's my soldier. He's been tested and proven. Oh, that right there, that's my daughter. She's been tested and proven. They, they've been through some things and they've kept holding on and they relied on my word and they trusted and they got some faith inside of them. They've been tested and proven. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a Christian that's never been tested and I'm not proven. I want God to look at me and say, that's a man of God that's had his faith, that's had obedience and that's put it into action. And now there's some perseverance. I think there's some people this morning, God wants to create some perseverance in you to keep going no matter what the storm is he wants to produce some tested and some proven stuff in you oh what we need is some christians to stand up that's been tested and proven then the world's gonna look and say I, I don't know what's i don't know what it is about him i don't know what it is about her but there's something different about them 
Oh, I, I don't know. It looked like their marriage was on the rocks and it looks like they were headed for a divorce, but I don't know how they tested around. I don't know how they turned it around, but, but I need to talk to them. I need to get close to them. You're going to have coworkers coming up to you. You're going to have family members coming up to you. And how'd you do it when you were a month in the hospital, when you went a year through this problem, when your finances were down? How, how'd you not quit? How'd you not throw in the towel? How'd you not curse out the boss? How'd you not divorce your wife? How'd you not cheat on your husband? I don't understand how you did it. Oh, I held on to the word of God. I was tested and proven. I've been going through some things, but I held on. Oh, come on. We need a community that holds on to the word of God. Don't get out of the rain, but push past through the rain. Don't say, hey, I'm out, God. Can, can take me out of this thing. Say, hey, I'm going to push past this thing, and some perseverance is going to happen on the inside. And you're going to be tested and proven. Noah then, thousands of years later, is mentioned in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Paul is writing about all these men of God that have made it into what we call the hall of faith. And I love what Paul says in Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 7. He says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear and reverence, he built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Another, another translation says, even when he had not seen, he still built the ark. Never seen rain, never seen a flood, but he still believed God. And it says that he was saved because of that faith. How were people in the Old Testament saved? How, how do they know Jesus wasn't around? Well, they trusted in God to save them. Listen, your faith will trigger God's grace in your life. Hold on to his promises. Hold on to what he's told you. And there's some grace that's going to come over your life. He wants you tested and proven. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you fail. He's got you. With every eye closed and every head bowed all across this auditorium, in the overflow, if you're listening on the radio or watching online, believe there's people in this very room and listening that you don't have a relationship with God. You're far from God. You're saying, Alex, somebody invited me this morning or I've been coming for, for a little while and I don't know God. I'm far from God. My life is messed up. I follow my own path. I'm tired. I've been following my, my own rules and living how I want to live and I don't know God. I'm far from God. I believe there's somebody here this morning. This is how you're living your life and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. The Bible says that Jesus is the way to the Father. The Bible says all of, us are, all of us are sinners. Nobody's perfect. Sin separates us from God. It separated you and it separated me. But God loved us so much, the Bible says, that he sent his son Jesus to come die for us. Jesus came and he grabbed your, all your flaws, your faults, your failures, mines as well. All of our shame, my shame, my guilt, all of my errors. He put them on his shoulders and he went up on a cross. God loved us so much he sent his son to put that all on him and made him die on a tree for you and for me. The Bible says that Jesus died, he went into the grave and after three days he resurrected. Death cannot hold him down and sin cannot hold him, he is alive. Whatever your eye closed and every head bowed, if you're in here today and you need a brand new beginning, you're sick and tired of living life your own way, you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. Today is your day. Don't continue to live life how you want to live. He has a better plan for you. He loves you. God has his arms open wide and he's waiting for you today. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised for no man. 
While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, I'm going to count to three. And I believe some hands are going to go up here and in the overflow on the radio, online. And some people are going to make a decision to start a brand new relationship with God today. He loves you and he's waiting for you. Right where you're at, I want you to put your hand in the air. And as soon as I see you, you can put it right back down. Awesome. Some hands are already going up. At the count of three, you raise them up. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place as high as you can. God bless you. 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 Amazing. Raise your hand wherever you're at. In the overflow. And if you're watching online, every eye closed, every head bowed. Anybody else, you raise your hand as high as you can. You lock that elbow. God bless you back there as well. Amazing. Anybody else? You're saying, I'm starting brand new today. God bless you. Amazing. God bless you as well. Awesome. Awesome. Hands keep going up. Tomorrow's not promised for nobody. God bless you back there as well. Amazing. Anybody else? You're saying, I need to start brand new today with God. Amazing. I'm going to say a simple prayer. All of you who raise your hands, I want you to repeat this prayer with me, with everything that you got. Say it out loud. In fact, all of us, we're going to say it with you, the whole church. All we're doing is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's faith and trust in Jesus. Noah getting into an ark and overcoming the storm was really showing us a symbolic picture of what Jesus came to do for us. Jesus is the better ark. Jesus is the one that we can put our lives in and he will get us through the storms of life. And today that's what you're doing. With every eye closed, every every head bowed, everybody repeating this together, say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. From today on, I start brand new. I am saved, I'm forgiven, I'm healed, and I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Come on, for every single person.